Good afternoon, brothers and sisters in Christ. This afternoon, the scripture reading is taken from the books of Acts, chapter 22, verse 12 to verse 13. Acts 22, verse 12 to verse 13. Reading from verse 12. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and, stand, and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The Lord is out. The Lord is our Father, appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. And you will be a witness to, by, for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And, our, and now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Good evening, good evening. Um, can we have the slides up, please? Thank you very much, Jeffrey. Um, God rejoices when people get baptized, when he brings more to the family. God, it's, it's a party in heaven. And we also know that there's going to be a party right after this. My name is Carl. For those who uh, don't know me, my name is Carl, and I'm the priest warden. So my job in church is um, to worship, just like you, to come to church and to support Pastor Darren in various matters. And today our topic is uh, baptism before and after. So I've just got baptized. Now what? I just got baptized. Now what? So for those is uh, new to our church, welcome. And for those who have been here for a while, I was particularly challenged when Joseph said, say hi to three people. I thought, I kind of know a lot of people here, but some visitors here. So thank you very much for um, joining us today. Our sermon today is uh, short, but it's about the book of Acts, and I'll explain a little bit about this. So now that I've been baptized, what's the next step? Now that I have been baptized, what should I do? Is that it? Is it the end? Well, I don't want to discourage you, but the journey just began. So let's go ahead. First um, slide, please. So this is the slide that um, Uncle Jeffrey uh, read. I'll just take a moment for you to just read this. If you have it in your Bible, physical, or many of you have a Bible on your phone now. Let's take a look at this. This verse is from the book of Acts, and we'll talk about that in a bit, Acts 22. In fact, as a part of preparation for this sermon today, I was praying and asking God, God, I, I mean, it's the whole Bible, 66 books. It's very difficult to talk about before baptism and after baptism in one short sermon because there's a lot of things to discuss. But God gave me this verse which is kind of like a summary of before and after. And so we'll unpack this a little bit. Let's just take a moment to read this, right? You, you can see what has happened is a guy called Ananias came over, spoke to this guy called Saul, and he's also known 
as Paul. And Paul was not a believer until then. So um, I won't read the verse again. Let's go ahead and unpack this and talk a little bit about before and after baptism. Next slide, please. So some of you may be asking this question, why is this book called the book of Acts? Right, this book comes right after the New Testament started. So for those who are not Christians and for those who are Christians, of course, a quick reminder, Old Testament, New Testament. New Testament, there are the Gospels. Right after the Gospels, the book of Acts. Why do you think this is called the book of Acts? It's actually because we're trying to say this is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And this is when the Holy Spirit is introduced formally by our Lord Jesus Christ into the conversation in the New Testament. Very, very powerful how the Holy Spirit starts to work in our lives, right? It's also where this is the book where Jesus, after he came out and spent more time with us after Easter, he ascends to heaven, and that's when the Holy Spirit work starts to happen through us. So I'll give you a few diagrams just to show you how everything falls in place. Let me take a look at this. So you, you, you may know the Bible is the Holy Scriptures, and it consists of two parts. Old Testament, New Testament. A total of 66 books. Old Testament, there is the, the Jewish Bible, they call it Torah. It starts with Genesis. Genesis is when God made man, Adam and Eve, Apple. And the last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. Right? That's, I think, 36, uh, 39 books in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, New Testament is when Jesus came. And in the New Testament, there's basically... Can you hear me? All right. There's four categories of books. There is the biography. We call it the gospel. Okay? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The book of Acts is like a history book. And then there's a bunch of letters, epistles. They call it the epistles. It's just letters that was written. And finally, prophecy. So the New Testament has four, four types of literature. Now, within the book of Acts, it's when the Holy Spirit is activated in our lives. You should, you should try to understand that there's two parts to the book of Acts. The first few chapters about Jesus' first apostle, Peter. right, And then the second part is about Paul. And we'll talk a little bit about Paul. But you can see over here, what I'm trying to show you is, and after baptism, once you become baptized, now what? You can see actually, once you become baptized, God, Jesus, is going to work through you. So, in fact, you've signed up for a job. You have signed up for a new job, all right? But it's going to be the most rewarding job you'll ever experience. Why? It's because your partner is Jesus, right? So you can see in the Gospels, Jesus, the four books in the Gospel, Jesus was working on earth. But at the book of Acts, when he ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit is working with us. And so this is the excitement that I would like you to look forward to. 
I've been baptized nine years ago in this church. It's been such a blessing, and I look, I look forward to really continuing this journey together with my brothers and sisters here, serving the church, and really serving God. So that's the background of where we are. Just want to give you the context. So the book of Acts is the activation of our ministry. It's also when the, the word church was first introduced um, in the New Testament. So this is very, very exciting um, for all of us. I also want to just let you know that in the Bible, there were two types of people. I'm just giving the background so we can know why we're here. There's two types of people. The chosen people, the Jews, and the non-Jews. Everyone in this room, unless I'm mistaken, we are the non-Jews. We are the Gentiles. They call it the Gentiles. That's the word that's used for non-Jews. And guys, brothers and sisters, the book of Acts is when Jesus mandated the apostle Paul to minister to all of us, our ancestors. So we are a product of the book of Acts. So this is very exciting. This is when God says everybody can be saved. Everybody can be saved. So that's the backdrop, and that's why we say there's the covenant family, which is a standard family, and that's why just now Joseph... Caitlin and Ken saying welcome to the family. This is the extended family, but there is a job to be done. So let's go to the next slide, please. The job to be done is about sharing the good news. The job to be done, I'll just get to the punchline, is to share the good news. But what I want to do is also be careful that we don't want to go around thumping our Bibles and telling people, to believe in God. The content in itself sometimes is lost in translation unless you know the context. Let me repeat this. Sometimes the content can be misunderstood unless you understand the context. And I'll give an example right from this book of Acts, this chapter. Let's go to the next page, please. So in Acts 22, which is where the verse... Jeffrey took the middle part of it, but I want to talk about the before, the middle, which will go deep, and the last part of this chapter. For those who know the Bible, Paul was a non-believer. He did not believe in Jesus. In fact, in the first part of this chapter, he testified and said, I used to go after Christians. I used to hunt them down. I used to persecute them. So Paul was not a part of the Jesus movement. They call it that that time. But Paul, on his horse, as we know the famous story, on his way to Damascus, which is now, I think, in Lebanon, there was a bright light. He was blinded by the bright light. He fell down, and Jesus spoke to him. Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? I'll repeat this simple story in the exact same sequence because the sequence is important. Let me just repeat this. Paul's persecuting people, sinning. 
He was going to Damascus. He was going somewhere. There was a bright light. There was an encounter. He fell down, and then Jesus spoke to him. Isn't this funny about our lives? Many of us here who come to accept Christ, if we don't fall down, sometimes we don't recognize our Savior. In my personal case, that was absolutely true. Nine years ago, I fell down. I didn't just fall down. I completely collapsed. But it's in this church that I found God speaking to me. And so I want to just remind us, this is the context of Paul speaking in Acts chapter 22, verse 1 to 11. And then in the middle of this chapter is what Jeffrey read. We talk about how Paul's transformation happened and how he took on his new job, which is to spread the good news. There is another very exciting part of this book, and it's not fair for me to not talk a little bit about it. It's actually after this verse, we encourage you, cell group leaders, by the way, that's your assignment. So Acts 22 really talk about the before and after of baptism. So let's unpack this even further. Next slide, please. In this two verses, uh, well, 12 to 16, four sentences, there's eight key learnings here. I didn't want to extend this sermon too long. We've got a food that's waiting for us. So I just wanted to give you the highlights of the eight key things in this very powerful middle part of Acts 22. If you look at this, God unpacks a lot of truth. The first thing is actually, Paul was undeserving. Remember, he was going around sinning, persecuting, killing Christians. He was undeserving. But when God, when Jesus spoke to him, he accepted Christ. So salvation, from this church point of view and based on the Bible, doesn't mean you need to do anything. Salvation is simply saying, God, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my personal Savior. That's it. That is the leap of faith that Jesus is asking you to do. I don't want to get too fancy, but the first important point about this is it is God's grace that saved us by faith alone. Many other religions, you must do this, you must do that, you must burn incense, in Christianity, God is only interested in one thing, a relationship with us. That's it. As long as we can move a little bit closer to him every day, he is delighted. So the first important point about this is the person who's talking about this, he accepts the fact that it is through grace alone. Second important point, you can see, the God of our ancestors has chosen you. So what does that mean? That basically means that God already knows who you are. It is not by accident. The people, the brothers and sisters are here today in this sanctuary. It is not by accident that we have this wonderful new family members into our midst. God has chosen you. 
He knows who you are. How good is that? So if you are still new to Christianity, perhaps you have this tingling sensation in your heart. Intellectually, you're trying to grasp with this whole idea about Christianity. God has chosen you. That's the second important thing about this Bible verse. The third thing is this is a gift. If you look at that, brother Saul, receive your sight. If you're going to receive something, that means it was given to you. If you're going to receive something, that it was given to you. So this is a gift. And we're very grateful for God's grace in this um, verse. But now what? Take a look at the rest of this verse, and I think it, there's a lot of things to unpack here. You can see that after baptism, I was able to see him. So before, your glasses was not very clear. But it's through this process of accepting Jesus as our personal Savior, all of a sudden, your glasses are clean. If you're not wearing glasses, your contact lenses, if not contact lenses, you understand my analogy, right? Now you can see. So what am I saying is, the Bible is saying that when you get baptized, especially to our new uh, family members, God is going to and has enabled you to see the truth. How do you see the truth? Come to church, read the book, read the Bible, Pray to him every day. You can see the truth and you can hear the truth. You can experience truth. The righteous one, in case you're wondering, the talk. You also know his will. And this is the, the, the new job that you have. Once you join this family, you will know what God is going to ask you to do. He wants you to have a relationship with Him, and He has commanded us, go and make disciples of all nations. Share the good news. How do you share the good news? Exactly how Paul did it. Acts 22 is his personal testimony. It's his personal story on his encounter with Lord Jesus. How do you share the good news? You don't have to worry. Just chit-chat with a loved one, with a friend, with a new acquaintance about your personal story. It's not always easy. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's a little bit embarrassing. But the ending is beautiful, correct? Because the ending is we're going to be in heaven. Actioning over here in this tree, God is now saying, all right, now that you know me and you've accepted me, I want you to be doing. And I've highlighted those three things in green. First, be my witness. Share the good news. Second, wash away your sin. Now, I want to just 
I just want to say, this is not magic. Just because we became baptized, it doesn't mean that sin goes away. We were born into sin. Sin will stay with us. We just have to continue to work step by step with the help of the Holy Spirit to sin less every day. And over time, we can be more and more like Jesus. That's what they're saying. So before, you can't see, now you see. Before, you're sinning, now you sin. But you know that you shouldn't. And that's that process of discipleship. God didn't, Jesus, God didn't say, Jesus didn't say, go and make believers of all nations. He didn't. He said, make disciples of all nations. So it's us wrestling with each other and moving a little bit closer to Jesus. And the third thing is calling on his name. So there's no substitute to prayer, everyone. Every night I go to sleep, I could have a difficult day, I could have a wonderful day. I always have Jesus next to me. Sometimes my prayer is as simple as God, I need a hug. Please hug me so I can go to sleep well tonight. Nothing wrong with that. So three things that God is wanting and inviting all of us, the new family members and all of us here, is to continue the encountering of Him in our lives. It is not an event. It is a journey. Baptism is the start of a very exciting journey. And that journey is to a great destination. Next slide, please. I'm trying to capture a very complex idea and yet a very simple idea about this journey. I remember Pastor Jeremy gave me this word, sanctification. I had to Google it. What is this? Sanctification is very fancy. Actually, it's simple. Sanctification is a fancy word to say becoming more holy. Okay, that's still very difficult to understand. Let me repeat that. Sanctification is a complex word to say becoming more like Jesus. And the likelihood of us becoming Jesus in this lifetime is unlikely, but we will be with him when we go to heaven. So what I'm trying to say is our sins, our shame, our sadness, our struggles, our suffering, don't go away. In fact, I could even argue, it could be even more pronounced. It could be even more amplified. Because now you know, you can see. God did not promise us an easy life. But he did say, I will always be with you. God did not promise, because now you're baptized in the name of Christ, that you will have an easy life. He didn't say that. In fact, you will see that Paul became, uh, got persecuted later in the of Acts. What God did say is, now that you can see, now that you know, try to stop sinning, call on me, and spread the good news. The questions I put down there are very obvious. Where am I going? Where are you going towards heaven? As for my old self, what am I going to do about it? Well, there's the old self. In 2 Corinthians, you can see on 5.17, 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So let's cast that away. You have a family now that is welcoming you always. Can I do this myself? This is an important point. I'm sure Pastor Darren would appreciate this. The answer is no. You can't walk on this journey yourself. God created this body of Christ. It's called the body of Christ so we can journey together. But sometimes I'm not next to you. You're not next to other believers. You're still not alone. The Holy Spirit is here with us. So you're never alone forever. That's what's exciting about this. Who can I call to help me? God, each other. I think just now with the announcements, Joseph said, the church have a WhatsApp number. WhatsApp the church. Ask one of our pastoral staff to pray together. God loves it when his children gather together. And when will all this go away? Well, we don't know, but what we do know is in wrestling through these challenges in life, we can be comforted that our Lord Jesus will be with us until the day we die on this earth and when we go to heaven. That's what's excited. What's exciting about Acts 22, this simple synopsis. So I hope that you guys are encouraged. At the same time, you're aware of our commitment. At the same time, that you know that you are not alone. So thank you very much for um, joining us today in this very special service. I do have a few questions that I'd like to challenge each one of you to ask. Cell group leaders, these are your questions. Before baptism, justified by faith. What does it mean? Don't take it for granted. After baptism, countering, calling on him, actioning. What should I be doing every day? Not automatically, but intentionally. Um, there's Acts 22, 17 to 30. Uh, I will encourage you guys to read the chapter. I don't want to take up more time here. I also find that it is important because we're in this church, we're in the all Saints English Church, we're part of the Anglican family. I do think it's important that you understand what the Anglicans believe. There's something called the Articles of Faith. Google it. Everything that we spoke about today in Acts 22 corroborates with the statement of faith. And as a final encouragement, Find a friend and practice your testimony. Share the good news, just like the Apostle Paul did in Acts 22. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that the Scripture is your holy words. Heavenly Father, we know that you have sent your only Son, Lord Jesus Christ, who was the perfect man to come to flesh to die for us. We're not deserving but because we believe in you, Jesus, you have given us eternal life. We're grateful of your amazing grace.
Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.